man. It's hot in Florida. It's also raining in Gainesville, and we have uh, changed the name of what Gainesville is to Rainsville. That always happens regional time of year, and that's going to happen tomorrow for the Gator baseball team. And we'll dedicate tomorrow's podcast to talking some baseball, but today we continue to talk football because Dan Mullen was out on the beach enjoying that Florida sunshine. No rain over there. He was looking pretty fly, too. He's wearing a button-down Gator shirt, short sleeve shirt, like Hawaiian-ish, something that Zach could pull off, but I certainly couldn't do it. I look better in the Speedo aspect, but uh, they didn't show Dan Mullen from uh, the legs down. He was just sporting it up top and uh, spitting out stuff about the Florida Gator football team, and we'll continue to talk about those comments right now on Chomp Chat. Jeff Cardozo, Zach Albaverde here with you. It's the Florida podcast presented by seccountry.com. We're going to play these comments right now, and then we'll comment on those comments because quarterback is obviously the big conversation around these parts as we continue to try to figure out what Dalen Mullen is going to do. And guess what? He doesn't know what is going to happen, but there are certain scenarios that he hopes play out the right way. Well, these guys are learning at, at Florida right now and um, that I'm, I'm trying to impress upon them. The biggest gains, every when I've seen great gains made by quarterbacks and great development, I'm talking about not just become a starter, but to become a great player, those gains are made between the last spring practice and the first fall practice. Um, that there, There's so much time in there. And you get into summer school, there's less school time. There's less, you know, all the other things going on. There, there's a little bit more downtime where somebody decides, hey, I'm going to sit there. I'm getting the receivers, and we're going to throw. We're going to go work on all of these little details. I'm going to spend extra time in the film room working, uh, and I'm going to spend time at night working the details of my game, handing off fundamentals, technique, how I maintain and treat my body. There's so many little things to the quarterback position that go on between that day and this day that the great ones make enormous strides during that time. I'm trying to impress upon that of our three quarterbacks. Hey, one of three things happen. One guy separates themselves, it's an easy decision for us, right? That, that, that'd be good, okay? Everyone, everyone works their tail off and takes that to heart, and we have a great quarterback battle going on in the fall. Or no one works their tail off, and we still have a quarterback battle going on in the fall. So, I, I, <laughs> you know, I mean, one of those three things will happen. Well, that doesn't sound like rocket science, Jeff. No, pretty um, easy. Pretty easy and pretty simple, but, uh, you know, it's a lot easier said than done in terms of figuring out who deserves that job, who's going to get that job, and how that scenario is going to play out. Because you heard right there, Dan only give three different scenarios for how he sees uh, it playing out. I, I think you know one of those scenarios would be the best, ideal. Um, I think maybe the second one a lot of folks feel like could be the case. And the third one is a scary thought. Mm-hmm. You know, that nobody of the three guys establishes themselves, separates from the pack, and, and and wins that job within the few, first few weeks of the season to where you get to the point where Florida is like 2010 uh, and they're using three different quarterbacks and getting guys in and out, and, and it would just be a complete mess. Hopefully it doesn't get to that point for Dan Mullen in his first year, but I will say it. I think you know the fact that he, first of all, thinks that there's three scenarios that could happen, Jeff, speaks to the fact that this still is a pretty wide-open competition in his mind. And again, that's the concerning part for me, that Felipe wasn't inevitably going to win the job. And, and he may still win the job, but he hasn't yet. And and maybe Dan Wong wants to still feel things out. He wants to see if, if Trask can handle all the situations that he's put in. And he wants to see if Emory Jones is going to be ready to, to play big boy football at this level. And I think in that scenario, number one, though, Zach, I, I don't see Emory Jones being the starter from day one. He, he's never started 
a true freshman. I think inevitably Emory Jones will be out there. So that scenario then goes into Felipe Franks and it goes into Kyle Trask. And right now I would think that Felipe Franks would be the guy to win that job because of the experience and knowing what coaches think. Like it, it's, I think it's going to be very difficult for Dan Mullen to say on day one, I'm going to go with a guy that's never stepped foot on a college football field before in, in a real game. So it's almost like the default is going to be Felipe Franks in that scenario. Sure. And But I, I think in saying that, I mean, I, I might have just thrown up in my mouth as a lot of Gator fans listening probably did because when we saw Felipe Franks on the field, there was more bad things happening than good things. And and I think that's what people maybe don't want to see again this year. Yeah, and, and also you mentioned Emory Jones. I think in that first scenario, if Dan Mullen says, hey, I'm going to name a starting quarterback before the first game of the season, if we don't feel like Emory's going to be a possibility there because he's never played, you got to throw Kyle into that group as well. Sure you I, do. I don't know, even if Kyle Trask proves to be the best quarterback and shows it in fall camp, I don't know if Dan Mullen uh, – can name him as the starter before the season just because of what it would do, the perception that it would create, and the fact that he's never played before. Um, I think that if you go with Felipe to start, be it before the season or once you get to week one and he's just the guy that's going to get the first series or first reps or whatever, it almost has to be that he has to fail and not get the job done, in my mind, before we see Kyle Trask and Emory Jones. I just don't know if Dan Mullen will be able to give the nod to one of those guys before they've ever played a game over Franks, despite, Jeff, all those bad things that you just mentioned. It, it is, and, and I know the mindset's different because that was different. Remember when Steve Spurrier came here, he had some guy named Shane Matthews who was way down the depth Didn't chart. Didn't care. Yeah, nobody knew, and, and he was the best, and he proved it. But I, I do, I think, agree with you on that scenario it's just it's going to be very hard for Dan Mullen to get in his mind that Kyle Trask is the best guy and is the guy that is capable of leading this team just because I don't know if there's any just outstanding sexy traits to him and maybe Shane had that arm he was of course the the son of a high school coach and he knew the verbiage he knew the lingo he knew how to go about all these things I don't know if Kyle Trask necessarily has any of those traits that are going to stick out and, and maybe put him above the rest of the guys. I would like for him to win the job because I think he earned that from what I saw in practice and what I saw in, in the spring game and some of the things he did. But yeah, that, that mindset's a really tricky thing. But then also scenario number two where all three of them are competing well and they're all doing some good things. They all and earn it, yeah. Yeah, you're trying to figure it out. I don't like the situation where, hey, Felipe, you're going to get two series in the first game. Kyle, you're going to get two series. Emery, you're going to get two series. And then we'll figure it out from there. Because to me, scenarios are completely different throughout games. I mean, what if one guy starts below the 20-yard line two consecutive series, the yeah. other guy's at the 50 twice, and then, you know, I think just it's really hard to gauge that. I think you can at least tell who gets it, who doesn't look scared when the lights get turned on. But it's just it's hard to go about things that way because you don't get comfortable either. Like, I think you've got to go into that game with two guys, and then the third guy is just really SOL or he's just waiting his turn. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. And I think that when you look at that second scenario that Dan Mullen laid out when he talked about the potential of each guy taking what he said to heart, earning playing time, and then receiving it in the early part of the season, uh, I think that if that scenario plays out, yeah, some of it will be because they earned it, because I'm sure these guys are going to work hard. 
But I think some of that second scenario, if it played out, would be just because Dan Mullen can't decide on one of them. You know what I mean? And it's just like you went through camp, nobody separated themselves to where you could go with that first scenario, and you just feel like, I don't know enough. Let me see what these guys can do. Um, Kyle Trask and Felipe Franks, in my mind, are going to be likely to battle it out in the first or second game. Um, I think we're, we're going to see both because I – I'll, I'll say it, Jeff. I mean, I'll be surprised if it's scenario number one, because I think you and I both agree if it is scenario one, that means Franks is the starter. Mm-hmm. I will be surprised if he wins that job and owns it and never has to give it up throughout the season. I don't. I do not think that will happen. Uh, I think at some point he'll, you know, he'll have some struggles, or they'll just want to see what the other guys can do. And because of that, that's how I think the second scenario plays itself out. They get Kyle. Feet wet, and in the early part of the season, they say, "Okay, can he? Is he on the level of Felipe, or can he be better?" Let's roll with those guys. And then, if neither of them, you know, if they're pillow fighting throughout the whole season, then at some point after Emory Jones has gotten his feet wet, let's turn the reins over to him. In my mind, that's how I think it's going to play out. I think the second scenario is most likely, but I don't necessarily think that it's going to be because all three earn the right to play. It's going to be be because Dan Mullen doesn't know who to play. Well, and Dan Mullen gets a pass in that situation then, right? Because yeah. if it's three games, which are at home, two of them you should win. And in Kentucky, I think you should win. But that second game being Kentucky is really important then. You Conference would hope game. That, yeah, I mean, that's it's a lot. And it's at home, so it's a game you should win. It's a series that you've absolutely dominated for four decades now. And How bad would it look if you blew that? Yeah. experimenting with three quarterbacks. So so now you go into week four, which is Knoxville, and then week five is Starkville. If you still don't have that starter, if you're still trying to sort it out, yeah. and then all of a sudden now you drop to Tennessee or you drop at Mississippi State, well, then maybe you come back home and you say, okay, Emory, it's your team the rest of the year. If Florida's now lost a couple of games through the first five. Then Dan Mullen says, okay, these guys couldn't do it. I'm going to now turn to this guy, and I'm going to train him the rest of the year, and you know, I get a pass this year because – I showed that the guys, the incumbents that were here, couldn't do anything. I worked with them. I tried. I did everything possible. I coached them up, and now it's time to to turn the ranks over to Emory Jones. But at that point, five weeks into the season, Zach, for for Gator fans, it's now lost. And and yeah. we know the expectations here are much more than that because on our radio show, we got people saying nine and ten wins no problem because of what the schedule yeah. looks like. And to me, that's scenario three. I mean, now you're talking about where it's turned into a disaster because I could still see a scenario where first three games, Franks and, and, and Trask battle it out. One guy separates himself and, and gets the majority of the reps throughout the year, but Emory Jones, because they want him to be the future and because he's earned the right to play, as Dan Mullen said would be the case, he still, he still gets to see the field. But, man... If they get to that point, Jeff, where it's halfway through the year and they're just punting it, um, that'll suck. <laughs> you know, I think that he'll get the the pass, like you said, because of the quarterback situation and how young these guys are. Uh, but certainly the first or second scenario, Florida fans got to hope uh, one of those play out. Well, and Zach, for Florida to be good this year and it to be a relevant football season and, and all the positive momentum that Mullen has created now in the offseason and getting fans ready, getting fans excited – they need, in my opinion, to have a solidified starter going into the Tennessee game. Like through those first three games, you have to figure out if it is Felipe Franks that's going to lead him or if it's Kyle Trask that's going to lead him. I don't think at that point Emory Jones is still the guy to, to lead him. So if you don't have a significant solidified starter 
going into Knoxville, then we are down to scenario three and, and it's then up and down and maybe, maybe Emery gives us uh, some excitement to the fan base and turns things around yeah. toward the tail end of the year. But it's just, it's, it's not where the expectations then are going into it. Yeah. And at that point it's 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just got to hope that Emory Jones is not Trey Burton <laughs> That's right. <laughs> in terms of coming in as a freshman quarterback. So, uh, we'll see what those expectations are and, and how it plays out. But Dan Mullen talked about expectations this week, Jeff, when he was in Destin for the SEC spring meetings. And I, I really liked the comment that he made uh, when he joined Paul Feinbaum because obviously we hear so much, Jeff, on our radio show and just the high expectations that Florida fans have, right? Mm-hmm. I always expect to win the title every year. Sometimes it's, you know it seems unrealistic. Uh, there's always something to complain about. You name it. We've heard it. Uh, But guess what? Dan Mullen doesn't have any problem with those expectations. In fact, his problem right now is that the expectations aren't at that level. The the mindset of the team of expecting to win every single year. And, um, you know, of the the players, of of everybody within the program. Now, it's the process of doing that is is what's different. But I I do think, I I think... um, I think over the last several years, the confidence has been shattered. Not shattered, I shouldn't say, but it, but has been been dropped. You know, I left it ten years ago when I left Florida. Uh, nine years ago, they just won two out of the last three national championships. Yeah. And you know, anybody that was a Gator, you talk to them, and there's like, well, you know, well, we expect to win another one next year, and then we expect to win another one the year after that, and. Um, those are the expectations I also have for the program is building a program that's going to compete for SEC and national championships every single year and, and not every once in a while, every single year and, and be in that discussion. Um, and I, I don't know that I feel that out there with everybody. I think everyone's excited for that, but I don't feel that just now. And it's our challenge to embrace those expectations. But to be honest with you, but it's, it's not just everybody within the within the football office, not just the guys in the locker room or the coaches in, in the football office that are going to do that. It's the entire fan base of getting back to what that Gator standard is. He's right, and that's the way a lot of Gator fans feel, and, and, I, and I like it too. I think you, you go into every season. I mean, heck, the, the Cubs for all those years went in thinking they're going to win the World Series. No, they never did for 100 years, it seemed like, and then they finally got one. But I think it, if you're a fan of a team – there's a lot of positivity going into each and every year. And certainly what Dan Mullen has brought to the table as far as excitement and, and rejuvenating this fan base has certainly risen those expectations once again. And, you know, Mullen's a cocky dude. He he is very confident in his ability to coach football games. And I think he understands that the Gators should be in consideration for winning the SEC East each and every year, which then inevitably puts them in the the title game, and then which inevitably has them a chance of playing in the college football playoff. And and if those expectations aren't there, then when things start, well, then that's that's what you get at Missouri and Mississippi State and, and schools like that. Florida is a place where those expectations have to be high, and it's yeah. judged by the the fan base, the salaries that these coaches are going to get. So. I think uh, I think he's right with what he said. Yeah, and I just love the analogy that he used to really uh, highlight his point because from his standpoint, hey, he left Gainesville riding high, right? Sure. You know, just won a national championship, second time in three years. Gainesville was title town. Florida fans were nuts 
They're in the streets partying and going crazy. I mean, it was Gainesville was the place to be. And when you walked around town and talked to people, yeah, man, we just won two two national championships. We're gonna go win another one. They got Tebow coming back. They got recruiting rolling. I mean, that was that was the mindset. And I think if you walk around Gainesville right now and talk to fans, nobody's talking like that. Um, except Ball Skater. So uh and I think Dan Mullen had come from Starkville and you know, it's been nine years and he shows up thinking that everybody's going to have that same attitude and mindset. And he arrives to, to, to realize, well, that's not the case. And, uh, I, you know, I think that's bothersome for him and his staff that were also here at that time. And, and that's the goal to get it back to that. We'll see how those scenarios play out and we'll see if Dan Mullen can get it back to that. Just like Zach talked about. That's going to do it for this edition of Chomp Chat for Zach Albaverde. I am Jeff Cardozo. It's a Florida podcast presented by seccountry.com. country.com.